You're listening to the Golf Unfiltered Podcast, your source for in-depth interviews with the biggest names, brands, and personalities in golf. Our mission, to keep you informed and help you enjoy the game even more. All right, everyone, welcome back to the Golf and Filter podcast. We're a little late on getting this one out. If I'm looking a little worse for the wear, the, the flu has has stricken GUHQ. But I'm Adam from Golf and Filter. That's my co-host, Dan. Dan, how are you? How's it going? Uh, I, I guess going, you already question, but I will say a uh, little behind the scenes inside baseball. At one point, it was looking like we weren't even, get, weren't even going to be able to record. So I guess the fact that we're even talking right now means you're doing at least a little bit better. Uh, the I'm heavily medicated. <laughs> and uh, we're, we're gonna see how this goes, but Adam um, filter folks on the oh, on the meds <laughs> could go anywhere, could go anywhere. Um, but I knew we needed to talk about the Ryder Cup. Obviously, it was an extremely important weekend for professional golf on the men's side. Uh, there were so many storylines, Dan. I mean, we were talking the entire weekend. I know I've had the chance to watch a lot of it. You watched a good amount of it as well. Uh, Nikki is out traveling for work, which is why she's not able to join us today. But she and I did the re the uh, the preview of the Ryder cup. And now we're going to hear and do the recap. So uh, it feels like there's two different things we need to talk about, Dan. There's the, the actual on course play, like the actual event that took place. And then there's all this other stuff that also went on. So uh, let's start with the on course stuff first. Okay. Going into the Ryder cup. Did you have a favorite? Um, no. So yes and no. Yes. Um, the United States looked overpowering on paper. Uh, and it was for that exact reason why I was not sold on them winning because I feel like almost every single time they look absolutely dominant on paper. But of course the Ryder cup isn't actually played on paper. It's played on the golf course. And so um, I thought that this might have finally been the year that the, the streak of not being able to do it on the road was going to finally change. Mm -hmm. um, it took about what an hour or two into Friday <laughs> yeah, morning to realize that's not happening. <laughs> yeah, um, you know, I know that, and we've, you know, we've talked about it on the air, off the air going in the choice for Zach Johnson to be the captain was quite uninspiring from the get go. Mm -hmm. um, you would have liked to have hoped that, with the quality of the lineup on paper that literally you could have stuck anything or anyone in that captain's role and they would have just been able to do their thing. Um, then again, these are professional golfers and we'll get into this more in a little bit. They apparently um, all have their own agendas and are all the time babies and apparently can't do anything just for the sake of doing it. So, you know, shocker that this ended up happening. And like I said, we'll get into more of that part of it in a little bit, but as far as on course play, all I'll say about that is that, if, if what we have learned between yesterday and today off the course is to be believed, then what happened on the course makes so much more sense on why it was just a massive, for lack of a better term, turd burger that the Americans put up right. uh, 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 in Europe. Well, they opened Friday morning getting swept four in a row. Um, I will admit going into the games or the games, the, the matches, um, I, I favored Europe. That's where my money was. Um but I, it, I agree with you. I mean, on paper, it seemed like just from a name notoriety standpoint, Europeans really had 
four names. I mean, they had, you know, Rory, Rom, Vic Hovland, who's been on fire. And then you can make the the argument, perhaps Tommy Fleetwood or or insert a fourth name I mean, here. The, the Europeans had a guy playing that was playing college golf, what, six months ago? Has never played right. a major championship, but made the Ryder Cup team. Like when, once again, on paper, when you see that, you're thinking to yourself, if that's how shallow their depth chart is, is that they're basically pulling somebody off of a college golf team, essentially, mm-hmm. who's never played on a big a stage like this, and that's who they have to go with, how, how are they going to be able to compete? But once again, like we, like you said, and like we've talked about, it's not played on paper for that exact reason. Right. It isn't. And, and for whatever reason, and many people are going to be talking about why this is the case, Team Europe is just don- dominant on European soil. They have been for 30 years. It's just, it is, it is what it is. It's going to be interesting in a couple of years when they go to New York at Beth page black to see how things play out. I'm anticipating a big name like tiger woods, possibly getting the nod for the captaincy on there, but who knows? You know, it won't be Phil anymore. (laughs) It won't be Phil. And it probably won't be Zach. Yeah. That one had been Phil's. I I think everyone just said that one was Phil's for 10 years now, basically since the day it was announced that it was going to Beth page, everyone said that's there's Phil's captaincy right there. Now, obviously, the world has gone upside down, so that won't be Phil's anymore. But yeah, uh, we could give that to Tiger. I think I think that'd be all right. So not Zach, <laughs> not Zach. No, Zach is done. Um, He's done. From a pl- on course standpoint, I mean, there wasn't really anything great besides maybe Max Homa on the U.S. side for playing well. Um, you know, there was a moment on Sunday singles where it seemed like uh, there might be a chance for a historic comeback, but that was very short lived. I think it was less than an hour long <laughs> in, in totality. It and at the end of the day, the, it was long enough, though, to the point where I had to kind of have two screens going at once because it was right around the time when the football game was kicking off. So it was long enough where it it, 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 it forced me not forced me, but it, it 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 required me to divide my attention between before I was able to just focus solely on football. So I guess from that standpoint, I guess NBC kind of got what they wanted because everyone wasn't automatically able to just turn it off at nine 30 when the, when the London game, London game kicked off. Very true. Very true. I mean, there was a K there was a a chance that this thing could have been done by brunch on Sunday. I mean, there was a chance uh, the way things were going is that they could have got swept on Saturday and then do you even play Sunday singles? I mean, they would have obviously, but at any rate, there wasn't much more to talk about in regard to the, the U S side. Uh, However, what surprised you the most from either the Europe side or Team USA in terms of who stood out to you among the other groups for one reason or another? I think on the American side specifically, because one of the arguments when the when the U.S. was just getting killed Friday and Saturday was and even into Sunday and it was brought up afterwards in all these press conferences and all the pundits breaking it down was, well, the Americans haven't played in like six weeks which is true. Most of them have not played since the tour championship. However, you had three guys who were coming off of playing very, very recently. In the case of Brooks, he played last week in, well, close to you, not in your backyard because the Chicago event wasn't actually anywhere near Chicago, but close to you. Um, And then you had Max Homa and JT play in the first fall event of the PGA tour schedule. The only one of those three who was quote unquote in form and actually played like it was max. So mm-hmm. the, to me, the argument of, well, these guys needed to have been playing up until then. Well, not necessarily because Justin Thomas and Brooks Kepka did not play very well and they played recently. So I feel like that argument was a, was a big argument 
an excuse more so on the pundit side of things that players were like, no, that doesn't mean anything. Yeah. Would we in a, in a perfect world, I think uh, uh, Jordan Spee said in a perfect world, would we love to get a week or maybe two weeks off after the tour championship and then immediately play it? Sure. In a perfect world. Yeah. But it's not like it was a big secret that, that, that they were going to have that break. But I think all the, the, the talking faces and a lot of the writers were trying to come up with any reason they could to deflect of just these guys are not playing good. And one of them they went with is, well, they haven't played in a long time. Okay, well, two of the three guys who had played very recently also did not look very sharp. So uh, I think that's my biggest takeaway from the American side. Um, my biggest takeaway from the European side, and it's not really that big of a takeaway anymore. In fact, uh, I said on this podcast that he would win a major championship this upcoming season. And I feel even more confident about that prediction now. Uh, Victor Hovland, he's good at the golf folks <laughs> he go. is good at the golf <laughs> um yes. yeah he, i just there's really no other nothing else you can say about his performance other than he was really really good yeah he was a uh he was a leader in every sense of the word throughout the weekend for the european squad and you know to your point about the uh the u.s squad not having played in a while at least most of them it's just a different type of golf too. I mean, it's stroke play versus match play. And that's why I always feel like it's such a weird argument that people make about like, Oh, tiger or whomever. Oh, they have such a great career. Yeah. And stroke play. But if you look at their team play, they're really not that great. It's just a completely different type of golf. And it's, it's this thing where we see, you know, from Ryder cups in the past, of course, you know, names like Ian Poulter, uh, Sergio Garcia, others who have had these huge, you know, impressive records from a team aspect, from match play. And that doesn't align all the time with stroke play success. So I, I would agree yeah. that um, the the break that a lot of these players took, I don't I don't buy that it had that big of an impact on their on-course play this time through. Yeah, no, and, and you brought up a good point. I do find it kind of, and not that it ended up mattering, but I do kind of find it at least a tad bit interesting that uh, if you really want to get technical with it, the Americans won Sunday singles and Sunday singles is the only day of the week where it is the traditional form of golf being played, like you mentioned. So when you put them in a one-on-one -on -one setting where it's just straight up, you're playing your own golf ball. You're not have a partner. You're just playing your shots and you're, you're playing the, it's still not a traditional round of golf because it's match play, but it's the most traditional of the three days. Uh, and that was the one day where they looked like they had it going. And that was the one day where they made it close. So yeah, um, totally agree. Yeah, and 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 I, it goes back to it goes back far more than when these guys are professionals. When these guys are coming up, they don't play match play events. They don't play team events. They AJGA all these. They are they are whether the thirty six holes or fifty four holes or even seventy two. They are standard stroke play events. Uh, when they get into college golf, they do play a little bit more team stuff. But even amongst the team golf there is that individual component because there are individual scores kept along with a team score. So even then, even when you, Hey, okay, well, I'm on a team. Yeah. You're on a team because that team names on your, on your chest, but mm -hmm. you're still playing as an individual with that team. You know um, sure. Yeah. The PGA tour created the Zurich uh, to be a team, a team format, but 99% of the guys that are even on the Ryder cup list don't play in that event. Right. And when they do, it's okay. Well, Brooks wants to get his brother a PGA tour start. So he's going to go play. So his brother can play or so-and-so wants to help this guy and wants to play with his buddy for the weekend. And he knows he can do it because it's not a traditional event. So um, even when you look at their own tour schedule, there's not that there's a ton of team events on the European tour. So I'm not saying that they do it a ton more, but for whatever reason, Europeans from an, 
from the word go seem to embrace this team format. Uh, even if they don't play it as often, they embrace it a lot more often than the, than the Americans do. And, and that's, once again, that's not a surprise either. We've been saying that exact thing for what, 20, I mean, well, much no, longer right. than that, but 20 something years now for as long as we, you and I have been following golf and the Ryder cup, that's been an argument. So I can only, I'm sure that that argument's been getting made since even the, the Jack Nicholas days. Um, that oh, sure. the Americans just don't. Embr- and back then they were winning them, but, and they still yeah, oh, yeah. weren't necessarily embracing team golf. They were just winning them. Cause back then, obviously it was just strictly uh, great Britain and Ireland. They hadn't expanded out to all of Europe yet to kind of help even the odds, which ironically now that, choice back then to help even the odds this now resulted in the europeans being incredibly incredibly skewed for now but um i'm curious to see what's gonna happen about 10 years from now because adam you and i and nikki were actually talking off air about this the other day all these top guys right now for europe all have children that were born in the united states so (laughs) unless we're gonna have some sort of olympic world cup scenario where they can choose to play for europe because their parents came from europe we could see in like 10 years from now, all these guys, kids playing for the American side and just absolute, I mean, if they're half as good as their dads, it could be just pure, absolute domination, starting with Charlie Woods. <laughs> well, that's true. And we'll see how uh, certain politics yeah. at play will, you know, yeah, right. make, that's, that's there may not, it may not be a Ryder Cup anymore. It may be PGA Tour versus live in 10 years from now. That, oh, that I was even Ryder Cup. Who even knows? So you never know. I was even talking about just birthright. <laughs> <laughs> like birthright oh, well, yeah, that too. We'll I mean, see, yeah, we'll yeah, yeah. <laughs> anyway, but that's not this kind of show, folks. Um, no. <laughs> at any rate, um, I want to talk about the captains really quick before yeah. we get into all the other dr- drama. Um, I've never been a big proponent of the captains have a lot to do with anything in the Ryder Cup. Um, now, obviously, they have to, you know, they meet with their vice captains, they talk about pairings, they may or may not look at analytics. If we believe Zach Johnson, he didn't play or didn't pay much credence to analytics, although Luke Donald certainly did. And it turns out that it worked for him. Um, where do you land on the involvement of the the captain? Is it a big deal or do they have a lot more that maybe I'm just not seeing? It's tough because you can't look at a team captain in the Ryder Cup the same way you look at an NFL head coach or even an offensive defensive coordinator, even like a manager in baseball who a manager in baseball, thanks to analytics, doesn't really do a lot anymore. He's mostly just a a person there to sit on the bench and to, you know, switch out a pitcher or whatnot. But usually even then it's not him making that decision. It's usually the analytics department saying, Hey, this is the time to do it. Um, So I guess from that standpoint, I feel like I would put Ryder cup captain closer to modern day MLB manager than I would say uh, NBA coach or a football coach. That being said, I mean, realistically, I I hate to say this because I'm not trying to cheapen what is done, but and especially in the case of Zach Johnson and what happened, I can't help but think that had you or I been the United States captain, it certainly wouldn't have been any worse. Uh, if <laughs> anything, fair. it might have been a little bit better because we probably would have taken the time to, if not even follow analytics, follow just kind of what our gut told us to do for starters why did you bring Justin Thomas over there if you weren't going to send him out in the morning? Right. That, let's just, I mean, and, and we're not, I don't, I'm not sitting here. We're not going to sit here and break down every decision that was made. Cause we could go an hour straight just on that. But I'm just saying when you have something as simple as that, that everybody sitting at home was like, well, why, how did you, why didn't you do that? At that point, you, you really do have to wonder, okay, well, what is like you, would it be of any different if you just put any of us randomly in that role? Because I feel like, we could have figured that one out. 
We, right. Like, I don't. I didn't done. need analytics to tell me to send Justin out first on Friday morning because that's why you brought him there. <laughs> you know. Yeah, I right, mean, exactly. You can't say that someone's <laughs> so, the 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 life of the or the what? How did he put it? He's the yeah, like the life of the team or whatever. One that was going to give him the, the energy and whatnot, and then you don't even send him out there. Also, once again, what what Luke Donald did, I thought was truly fantastic, and he had himself an amazing week. But this also goes to show where I'm not sure the importance of a captain. He only what he became the captain six months ago. Well, yeah, pretty quickly. Six months yeah. ago about that, I mean, he wasn't supposed to be the captain. It was supposed to be Henrik Stenson. And then when Stenson went to live, the the Euro side scrambled and said, "Okay, we don't want our captain being a live member. What do mm-hmm. we do now?" And it was Luke Donald. So, you know, you have a captain who was in the role for a a quarter of the time that Zach Johnson was, and seemed to just truly dominate in and out of the team. He dominated in the team room. His players dominated on the course. He certainly dominated when he had a microphone in front of him. If, 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 oh, he did. I think yeah. we need to make a rule. Nobody ever put a microphone in front of Zach Johnson's face ever again. I don't care <laughs> if he wins 50 more Masters 50 years in a row. Do not give that man a microphone ever again. He cannot talk. <laughs> you were fired up or, about that throughout the weekend, or, yeah. Or, 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 or put it, make it pro wrestling style. Give him a manager. Have have somebody be his, <laughs> his talking piece, like, and he just stands there in the background with a with a look on his face. I I don't yeah. know what to do. Every he wasn't great. I, every time he talked, I'm like, it can't get worse than this. Next time he talks, and folks, it got worse. And I'm just like, mm. you need to stop talking. <laughs> so yeah, yeah it, it, just, was bad. it was Luke Donald did everything right, and Zach Johnson seemingly did everything wrong, but. The one person that probably is happy about that is Tom Watson because nobody's ever going to be talking about him ever again. That's for sure. <laughs> right. That's very true. That's very true. The Golf Unfiltered podcast is brought to you by our friends over at Cog Hill Golf and Country Club, who we are happy and proud to partner with once again this year. Cog Hill features 72 holes of championship golf, including the world-famous Dubs Dread. They have a completely renovated practice area and driving range. It's essentially an academy that you can go and spend not only the day improving your game, but at night they've got lights now and two bars as well as a food truck to spend some quality time with some friends and family. They've been doing it this way since 1927, folks. Go out to coghillgolf.com to learn more. We're also brought to you by our friends over at Sharp Focus Nutrition. Let's face it, when you go out and play golf, you probably don't eat and drink very well. Well, a couple hot dogs, a few beers, yeah, we get it. Sharp Focus Nutrition replaces all of that with a systematic way to not only stay replenished throughout your round, but to also improve your game in doing so. Go out to sharpfocusnutrition.com to learn about their system. Let them know that we sent you. Pick up a system right now, sharpfocusnutrition.com. Golf Unfiltered is proud to partner once again with Mizuno Golf for 2023. Mizuno Golf is offering their new JPX 923 irons, and if you haven't heard about these yet, go out to our YouTube channel and see a full fitting that I do with Mizuno at Coghill Golf and Country Club. These irons are spectacular. They've got three medals, five different options of irons spanning the player's spectrum, so you are for sure going to find something great for your game. Go out to MizunoUSA.com today to learn more. So um, before we transition into all the other stuff, because it wouldn't be a Ryder Cup if there wasn't a healthy amount of drama. I just want to remind everyone that we are powered by Bridgestone Golf. They're the title sponsor of the Golf Unfiltered podcast. They're drama free, by the way, Bridgestone. (laughs) They are very much so. Very much so. All right. So 
there's there was just a whole lot of other stuff. I mean, the on-course play took care of itself, obviously. We heard everything, and Dan, uh, keep me honest here. We heard everything from there being a sickness that went through the locker room to uh, Xander Shoffley, Patrick Cantlay kind of doing their own thing, staying off to the side, and we'll get more into that, of course, because more has come out since Sunday. Uh, we heard a fraction within... Uh, the, there was a fraction within the the United States locker room. There were all these other things that were going on, other that were potentially contributing to the poor play of the American side. Uh, how do we make sense of all of this? Why is it every single year there's something seemingly that happens on the American side? It's only when the Americans are losing. Because notice, no stories really came out two years ago when the Americans were dominating. Funny how that happened. Also, the sickness thing, how quickly that came out after Friday's drubbing, I guarantee you, had the scores been reversed and it would have been nine and a half to one and a half the Americans, we would have never heard that story until Sunday night or even Monday morning, and it would have been golf's version of the flu of the Jordan flu game. <laughs> it would have been these guys were sick, the team doctors were rushing in and out, and look, they still won. It was a you know, instead it was oh they're down oh we're gonna go ahead and blame their sickness. Also. Ricky Fowler supposedly was sick, and that's why he did not play at all Saturday. Um, I don't know about you. You are sick at the moment, so actually you mm-hmm. can vouch for this. Correct me if I'm wrong. Do you feel like you could go and walk, just walk, not play, walk 36 holes on a warm golf course right now in your condition? Oh, I don't know about that. <laughs> but I am he not seemed perfectly same. fine walking that golf course all yeah. day long, and it was not exactly yeah. cold this weekend in Rome. They said it was in the 80s, which that's not hot, but it's also like when you're not feeling good, anything that's warm – you feel so much warmer. So right. he you was so be, sick that he could still walk the entire course all day and all after. That just it's 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 just it's tough to buy that when he's walking around and high fiving everyone and shaking everyone's hand and pat him. Dude, if you are that sick, forget Stay him home. doing that. I don't want you touching me. I don't want you near me. I don't want you maybe coughing. Like I don't want to get mm-hmm. sick. Don't oh, don't high five me. Don't try to hug me. Don't pat me on the back. Stay away from me. If you're truly that sick that you can't play, like, yeah, that wasn't stars on that. me either. Yeah. Then, then Hatgate happens. Oh which, gosh. Yeah. That that's the most ridiculous thing. I've, uh, it, lead us off. You know, what, what did we hear? Well, first? first off, before we even go down that road, I don't know if anyone else happened to notice this, but when, um, when Patrick Cantlay was leaving the clubhouse on Saturday night after Rory did his thing, did anyone notice what was on his head? The Team USA hat. He had it No, on. no. Well, I don't know if it was necessarily a Team USA hat, but it was a hat. The point was it was a hat. Right. right. So, so the argument that I don't have hats that fit me is very wrong <laughs> because he was obviously wearing a hat there. His fine, fine, fine partners at DeWalt seem to find him a hat every week during the PGA Tour that fits his head. Um, yeah. Also, these guys are outfitted for their outfits. Outfitted for their outfits. Yeah. Months and months in advance to purposely – avoid any sort of, oh, well, this doesn't fit or that doesn't fit or this isn't comfortable to me the week or the day of. So with that in mind, Hatgate is supposedly um, uh, uh, Patrick Hanley did not wear a hat all week. Um, During the practice sessions, in the team photo, during competition rounds. Now, you might be saying to yourself, okay, well, how many years have we seen that the Euros when they don't wear hats? When we're the one time a year ever when you see Rory without a hat or Ian Poulter without a hat? Yeah, you're right, it does happen. 
traditionally on the European side, though, because they don't really have like a partnership with a hat brand. Like I, they're right. they're and they're, a lot of times too, it's because of a it's a because of a sponsorship deal too. Yeah, so yeah, with that's Nike. Too, sometimes European, Rory would take his off. European scripting too is like because they're not one country, so they don't have a like a, right. a team mm-hmm. flag or logo or anything. It's it's a, it's a very more generic scripting so not having a hat on doesn't really like matter or do anything like it is what it is you know it's not like it says usa or spain on the hat you know it's just it's a it's the euro side hat so he doesn't wear the hat um only single one of the team picture not wearing a hat mind you too uh we Mm -hmm. come to find out through reports that were debunked but not debunked but maybe debunked but somebody may be lying but maybe somebody's not lying uh <laughs> that the reason why he was not wearing the hat it was a, it was a form of silent protest because somehow it's a news flash to him despite the fact that he's played on multiple Ryder cups that you don't get paid for playing in the Ryder cup he right. has this is not his first Ryder cup this is also not the first Ryder cup where you have not been you do not get paid to play in it you have not been paid to play in the Ryder cup since the day the Ryder cup was created what these guys do get is they get roughly $200,000 American to donate to the charity of their choice, courtesy of the PGA of America. Uh, right. Also, I don't have proof for this, but I'm going to bet that many of these guys, weekly sponsors like DeWalt in the case of Patrick Cantley or the uh, Goldman Sachs like Patrick Cantley. I'm guessing they probably have some sort of clause in the contract where if they make a Ryder Cup team, they get a bonus. It's so, basically an all-star clause. Yeah, so let's so. let's yeah. not pretend that these guys are flying over for free and putting themselves up for free because I'm I'm also pretty positive, Adam, that the PGA of America pays for the flights and the lodging and all that stuff because they're going there representing the PGA of America for the week. So they're already getting a free trip to Rome for them and their wives. Rome, Italy, free trip for them and their wives. They're making money in their sponsorship agreements because, like you mentioned, it's basically like the all-star clause in, in a major league mm-hmm. baseball contract or the Pro Bowl clause in an NFL contract with sponsors because you're 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 out there on the biggest stage. So you're going right. to get money from that. Regardless, yes, he didn't like that he wasn't getting paid, so he's decided he was not going to wear the hat. And then we come to learn that he got Xander Schauffele to play ball with him. And mm-hmm. they decided they were going to go ahead and reportedly pout on their own, and they were going to set up shop in a separate area of the clubhouse, separate area of the team room. They were not going to participate in any of the – team activities as their form of protest if you right. will um yeah, those two now, being now, good friends yeah, yeah those two now are good today friends came, now today comes out the uh i guess we have a lavar ball of golf ladies and gentlemen because apparently xander shoffley's dad came out and was like he almost didn't even go over there because the pga of america didn't want to play ball with him and it's like once again guys the pga of america that's their this isn't new thing it's not the PGA of America's job to play ball with you. It is your job to agree to and play ball with the PGA of America. Right. Because newsflash, if you don't want to go, you don't have to go. No, you don't. And the other irony of this too is that he was, he, he this, this whole thing from Patrick Cantley was a silent protest as he wasn't getting paid. How many millions of dollars do you think Keegan Bradley would have given Patrick or Cantley for his spot on the team? Well, yeah, uh, Bryson DeChambeau as well, full of cash. And in, right. on the, I mean, and on the European side, you had Sergio Garcia offer to pay to play. He literally was like, "How much? How big of a check do I have to write to the you all to get you to wipe my live fines for, clear so I can be on the team?" And then you got Patrick Cantley. He was like, "Oh, guys, they're not giving me any money to be here, so I don't want to do right. this." Yeah. Like. 
Yeah, it, it's it just reeks of entitlement and and so many other terms that I'm sure we're all thinking. And what's funny about this, uh, not funny at all, it's actually sad, is in the post-round uh, interview, Cantlay essentially lied to us and said that uh, the reports of him wanting to get paid to play in the Ryder Cup were completely false. And he actually threw the blame over at, uh, he didn't say him by name, but he was referencing Jamie Weir, who yeah. was the UK reporter that essentially broke the story. And, and so he was said, Paul Isinger yeah, too. Yeah. Right. He lit and, him and up he on basically, air. He definitely did. And Cantlay basically said, no, that was all lies. Well, clearly that's not the case because now his best friend, Xander, his father just came out and basically said, oh yeah, no, that happened. And I don't know if you caught this, but uh, No Laying Up actually did a really good job at this. They, they do their live show after every... And Kevin Van uh, Valkenberg was talking about, he was talking to Stefan uh, Shoffley. And he said, look, the, the, uh, Xander's dad said, put me on record. You can print this. This is yeah. exactly what happened. And it completely contradicts what Cantley said in his post-round interview. So all of this is going on. And yet again, with the exception of last uh, Ryder Cup's little Brooks and Bryson thing, which really wasn't a thing at all. Why do we always have this drama? around the Ryder Cup and in professional golfers in general. We've been talking about this for weeks, Dan, that it's just no fun anymore to talk about these guys. What what, what do we make sense of this? I've got two comments. And this first one, you can put me on the record for this because I owe some people an apology. Um, I believe it was yesterday I tweeted out something to the effect of saying, like, this was an all-time embarrassment of a week for the Big J J golf journos that were out there. uh, Because at the time, it was told to us that they were the ones that were wrong and that that they were lying through their teeth to, to, to create these stories that didn't exist. So going off of that, I said some things that, you know, maybe he I should. Off. So <laughs> I, I would like to, on the record, simply apologize to Big J journos that I was referring to yesterday because obviously it has become very, very clear in the last 24 hours since I, I tweeted that, that they were actually the ones that were uh, in the right and these golfers are must not must have the worst PR people on the face of the earth to think that now that they can just do that. Also, you mentioned no laying up in the post game. Um, if I don't know if you've got this tweet in front of you, maybe you can throw it up. If not, uh, I'll read it anyway, but no laying up. And I sent it to you this morning, um, put out an amazing tweet in response to that story about his Xander Shoffley's that I'll read it here real quick. And, and it, it, it perfectly sums up what professional golf is right now and just how gross and disgusting it is. And you and I have talked about how it's almost not even fun anymore. And so the tweet says, a fractured competitive landscape, lawsuits, sports washing, mergers with said sports washers, DOJ investigations, Senate hearings, and a horrific television product somehow getting worse. Cantlane Xander making the Ryder Cup about money is the perfect nightcap on truly one of the most vomit-inducing years in golf you could imagine. The mm-hmm. one event that was supposed to be above all this bleep, it's the final humiliation. Yeah. They're right on. It, 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 you, you could not have said – you could not have summed up the last – year and a half to two years in golf uh, any better than that. And it's so uh, instead of saying it was an tr- all out truly embarrassing week for big J journos, I'd like to retract that and, re- and, re- and rephrase that. It was an all out embarrassing week for professional golf, men's yeah. professional golf, sorry, men's because the women's game, right? I mean, women's game. They're great. They're great. <laughs> That's yeah, awesome. They're great. So it's, it was an all out embarrassment of a week for men's professional golf in the United States. States. The European guys were fine. So United States based American golf, uh, absolute embarrassment from them, from yeah. the players, the players, not the PGA of America. This is not their fault. 
This well, is not and to that to an point, extent, though, Dan. Yeah. I mean, it's NBC's I mean, fault for running nine thousand commercials. If I never see Derek Jeter in that car ever again, please, right. please, never again. Yeah, um, and Annika, but, you know, Annika I, Sorenstam hitting at a driver out of a oh, bunker. Yeah. I think. <laughs> yeah, yeah, never. Yeah, I think we're good on that. Um, but you know, to your point, though, I mean, it's they're all together too. I mean, the PGA of America, PGA Tour, all of them. I, I will go so far as to say that I think they're included in this just uh, atrocity of what's going on in men's pro golf right now. Uh, the 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 organizations the leaders of this particular sector of pro golf uh they have no idea what the hell they're doing because they allow this type of stuff to flourish xander shoffley patrick cantley as an example don't go and ask for these these things or xander shoffley's dad they don't go and ask for these things if they don't think they can get it and if the pga of america were just to sit back and say what is wrong with you no dude like you're what are you even talking about that would be one approach, but they haven't done that because it's amazing. It's just amazing to me that these players in this time, and maybe they're just sharks circling blood in the water. I don't know because they now see that, Oh, people are getting what they asked for because live is here. And now they're going to kiss our ass and they're going to give us anything that we want. But it's just still ridiculous that they even have the uh, uh, pardon, the siren going by, um, PGA tour is coming to get me, Dan. Uh, <laughs> it's just, it's, it's ridiculous to think that these players who already make as much money and you said it very well, as much money as they make already, they still have some room in their minds to ask for more despite qualifying in the case of Xander and Patrick qualifying for the, for the Ryder cup. It's like, what, these are the same guys and I'll just leave it at this. These are the same guys that will go on a high horse and talk about national pride, and they'll talk about all these other things, but then they'll just turn right back around, they'll take their damn hat off, and they'll ask for more money. It, it makes absolutely no sense to me. The hypocrisy is thick. And then, too, and it, it wasn't them, too, in particular, but then, of course, and I don't even know you know, if we, how much we want to focus or get into this, but then you had the picture that Brooks posted of his teammates right. in those smash GCs, and it's just like, what are we yeah, doing? Like... It, he was, and and kudos to him. He he broke golf Twitter, and that's pro- obviously that was his goal of doing that. But it's like, once again, the optics of it. Like you just came yeah. off an all-out embarrassment of a week for for men's professional golf on the American side. A big part of that reason for that happening was because of live. Because realistically, like personal opinions of them aside, and personal opinions of this whole thing aside, you cannot tell me that that team, the American team, would not have been better had. Um, Bryson and Patrick Reed not been on it. Patrick Reed is basically right. the American version of Ian Poulter. So you put him in a team competition, forget about it. Obviously, Bryson DeChambeau, what, your your thoughts on how competitive Liv actually is and your thoughts on what it means to win a Liv event aside, it's it's no secret he's been playing very, very well on the Liv Tour as of late. So if you want to talk yes. about somebody in, in good form, I mean, even Taylor Gooch, you could have argued, maybe could have, uh, had he not been on Liv, could have um, warranted a spot. So for for the team to be in a position it is largely because of this whole live thing and then to have your teammates show up wearing a live shirt afterward it's just like man like yeah. i i know that i even if the players don't care about the live stuff anymore like i i don't know if that was the right time to do that like just we're coming off of what we came off of hat gate happened joe lacava's right. getting rory's face yeah. on the green and rory's trying to fight caddies in the afterwards on the parking lot like and you're just going to go ahead and be like, hey, and then you're going to have R- uh, R- Ricky looking looking like an 80-year-old octogenarian like in his shirt with his <laughs> jeans. Like, yeah, he looked weird. What, what are we doing? Like, once again, what are we doing? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't know. 
Uh, I mean, we could go on and on about this. I didn't even that re- you just reminded me of Joel. <laughs> Joe, sit down, Joe. What, what is he doing, doing too? Dude, just, what are you doing? Lord. You are like no, no offense. I I have great respect for caddies. I th- you know that what they do is important <laughs> to the game. I don't. Th- I couldn't lug that around. But dude, you are a caddy, man. Like yeah, just stop. You it. are stop. a caddy. Isn't this isn't the caddy adage? Uh, keep up and shut up, right? Well, yeah, right. Come uh, on, Joe. <laughs> anyway, well, looking ahead and to kind of wrap up another Ryder Cup is in the books team europe they they get the cup back does live golf play at beth page do, do live golf players play at beth page in 2025 what do you think yeah yeah i think they do so the the, the i think they will yes the question now will be are they going to play for in or is the format going to still be the United States versus Europe, and they're going mm. to play for either the United States or Europe, or is the Ryder Cup going to become PGA Tour versus Live? It's a fair that question. Is going, that, that's the question now. That, yes, the, yes, they will be playing in 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 the Ryder Cup. Um, the question will be, what will the Ryder Cup be? But yeah, yeah they'll be playing. No. In it. That that is a very fair question, and I I'll think go, uh, I'll go. Know, I'll go one step further. Not necessarily on the American side. I'm not going to go out there and say that Phil is going to be the captain of Beth Page because I don't. I don't think he will be. Um, it would not shock me if a current live player right now is the, the captain on the European side, whether it's Ian Poulter or Sergio Garcia or even Henrik Stenson, because they they are going to feel like yeah. they owe it to him after taking this one away. I think that we will have a Europe if 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 it remains the traditional Americans versus the Europeans. I think we will have a current live player on a current live team today uh, be the yeah. captain of that European side. And quite honestly, I think that it's not because Phil went to live that he's going to end up not being that captain then or ever. I think it's because of the way he went about doing it and the, and the, the, the bridge that he torpedoed on his mm. way out of, out of, uh, out of here to do it. I think if he had just simply gone like everyone else did, I honestly could sit here and say, yeah, I think that they'll still give it to Phil at Beth Page, but you, you just can't anymore. You can't. You can't. But uh, no. on the European side, it's clear that the that the European side of things and the European tour is already starting to accept live for what it is. So, yeah, I think that uh, not only will live players be playing on Europe, uh, they will be a live player captain, you, captaining the European side. Very good chance of that. Very good chance of that. I, I I am interested to see what will happen with the President's Cup, if that's even going to be a thing, because that is run by the PGA Tour. Um, or maybe that turns into PGA Tour versus Live then, you know? Maybe you that's what know. they do. You know, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Well, a uh, lot of thoughts there, folks. Let us know your thoughts in the comments below, or you could hit us up at Golf Unfiltered all over social media at Golf Unfiltered. Uh, Dan Hauser, anything else to say on uh, the Ryder Cup, or do you think we've covered it all? Uh, everyone enjoyed the real fifth major this weekend, guys. We got the Sanderson. <laughs> there you go. Will Bardwell. Shout out to We're Will Bardwell. What up? <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> All righty, Dan. It's good catching up with you. All right. Good talking to you. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.